Now tuning in to Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. nothing cody how the hell are you doing yeah none of that was funny um i'm okay uh i have nothing <laughs> comedic to bring to the space i don't think but i am wearing a bolo tie so that's <gasps> fun are you you can't say oh i'm not bringing anything to the space and then <laughs> check out my dope outfit listen yeehaw all right is all i'm saying listen, oh I, my god <laughs> what i did describe my outfit today was as if a, a cowboy fucked a magician i that's my fucking nightmare it kind of that's was, my version of hell it was a visual mess but i rocked with it i wore a bolo tie i got a, a black button-up shirt mm. and then i got my like um very baggy um pants that i love that have you pockets. know my baggy pants my baggy pants listen if you follow me on the gram you know about these pants i only wear these pants yeah and then a f- almost floor-length Velvet coat, red velvet coat. <laughs> that was my look. Today. Oh, that was my look. What up? My name's Cody. I'm new on the magician biz. Today, I'm gonna pull a rattlesnake out of my hat. I. It felt like in that episode of the Mabim Man show where Griffin looks like a shit wizard. That's how I felt like. <laughs> That's what I felt like, and I definitely looked like. <laughs> You're definitely describing the same outfit. It was. So. If I, all I needed was a top hat, and that's it. <laughs> it's just become a wizard. You're just fucking Jamiroquai. Like, yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all, actually. Uh, that sounds very much I wore this to work, too. Like, to my, my office. Cody. The business. <laughs> like, a business. A professional environment. <laughs> the I business I own. <laughs> my business. That's not... Nope. <laughs> Oh, uh, and all around you were those little, like, dust nuggets. What are Listen. those things called in the desert? <laughs> dust nuggets! <laughs> Tumbleweed! Oh! <laughs> Listen, we had a rocky start, but we're back to the sailor, baby. We're back with fucking dust nuggets. Oh my god, I'm gonna fucking cry. <laughs> That's just how I feel. I know the... I know the West. I live here, baby. Feel like a dust nugget. <laughs> Someone please change those Katy Perry lyrics <laughs> to "Do you ever feel like a dust nugget?" Well, if you think about it, though, do you ever feel like a tumbleweed? <laughs> totally fits, though. Totally lines I know. up. It wow. definitely does. I do feel like she a was tumbleweed. on some shit. <laughs> yeah, she was on some. <laughs> Hey, welcome to this episode where we say fuck it to you and we talk about how Katy Perry is a lyrical genius who uh, fucking shook me. Podcast. Fucking shook me in 2007 with I Kissed a Girl. Like, excuse you. Listen. Listen. That's what I'm saying. The amount of times I watched that concert documentary, too oh. many. Some oh of them, I, multiple times in theaters for sure. And definitely yes. many times after. Yeah, I definitely didn't spend time on Wikipedia, like, years ago being like, she is Jean Monnet, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so, there's some good bullshit for you all. Welcome to the pod. That's kind of our flavor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's our flavor of love, baby. Oh, God, I miss that show. Yeah, who doesn't? I don't know. Um, I saw someone, oh, friend of the pod, Audrey, was oh, yeah. talking about fucking Tila Tequila show today, uh, and I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> what yes. day, what year is this? <laughs> oh, We're in shit. the greatest timeline. I remember when she used to just be like a, a bike on and not like a flat earther stand. Yeah, um, listen, <laughs> people are complex and contradictory and challenging at times. Yeah, back in my day. Oh, speaking of which, I guess the only update that I have personally is that when I was walking out of school today, um, I realized just how nerdy the children I teach are. Sometimes, today is a 
Wednesday when we're recording this. Hi, welcome to Behind the Bit. Um, and so usually on Tuesdays, like right outside my door, my next door neighbor teacher does the school's D&D club. So there's always a bunch of like heckin' nerds right outside my door talking about like blowing shit up. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. But today there's no activities happening on our floor. But there was just this violin playing outside. Cool, and I was cool, like, cool. I don't hate it, but also what? And so I was leaving school today talking to these these kids that were just like in the middle of our hallway playing the violin. Well, one was playing the violin and the others were just like, fuck, if, if they could have had a blunt, like all I'm saying is <laughs> they were basically like the hacky set kids. And as I was walking by, one of them was like, I can play Hey Jude on the guitar. And the other one was like, well, I can play Epiphany on the violin. And I was like, oh what God. is happening right now? I need to leave. I'm not smart enough to be around these children. Wow. I love that. Yep. That's all the personal news I'm bringing to the space today. That's all I've got. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, we have some current events to talk about. The first one is like a proper current event. Which it's is on wild the for us. <laughs> Yeah, which I don't know that we've gotten a lot of. Um, yeah. But here we are. This is from Vulture. Thank you, Vulture. And what I love about this is that there's, like, next season, which I hope is coming out soon. Um, yeah, hopefully that we... works out for our schedule. I know. <laughs> That'd be really um, convenient. <laughs> they would be. So, the U season two, I guess, is like, coming soon question mark and yeah. we already knew that there was a new female lead mm-hmm. um the haunting of hill house woman yeah. now charlie barnett from russian doll is the new fucking ethan i Hey-o. guess which makes me very confused of like where's ethan <laughs> right what happens i know um it makes you nervous but also i love charlie on russian doll so yeah, i'm very excited great. to see What's going on? He's a little cutie. Yes. Also, I still um, can't believe her name is Love. Can we just... I don't get it. It's just a little too on the nose. Yeah, it's 100% on the nose. And I hate it, is all yeah. I have to say. It just doesn't sound good in the mouth space to say Love Quinn. Yeah. Hey, do you remember Glee? <laughs> I do remember Glee, yeah. Thank do you. you ever just do you ever just try to get ready for bed at night and then think about Glee? And then think about Faberry, yeah, all the time. Uh yep, <laughs> yep, okay. <laughs> yep, okay. Good. Good yeah. to know. Oh, the ship that was so powerful back then. But they in the were day. too cowardly to sail. They were fucking cowards. Cowards. <laughs> What's up, Fox News? You're wait, what? Fox uh, News! <laughs> Actually, I stand you by it. you remember on Fox News how they just cut <laughs> for an hour to play Glee <laughs> and no other scripted program? Yep. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You yeah. know what? Fuck it. I stand by it. Fox and Fox News are both cowards. You should have let for Barry happen. Do you That's think Kellyanne Conway knows what Glee is? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't, don't. Can you bleep her name? <laughs> We can't say her name too much or, like, she'll appear in my room. <laughs> like, I think she does know what Glee is. Well, what good for her. <laughs> I don't okay, know. Well. I just feel like it might not be, you know, it's definitely not, like, in her radar, right? Like. Or is it? And we <laughs> need to talk about something maybe else. Maybe she's a stan. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stands, we are back with Screen Rant Corner. Whoa. It's been a, a triumphant moment. return yeah. from Screen Run. <laughs> Thank you. Your Foley work is unlike anyone I've ever met. Okay. What? There's so many things right off the bat that I love about this article from Screen Rant. It is uh, Twilight, 19 things every vamp, nope, every <laughs> vampire, what, um, <laughs> needs to own. So, first of all, vampire is a thing that I didn't know existed until right now. Yeah, that should be your new username for everything. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I definitely identify as a vampire, that's for sure. Uh, so Amanda Bruce, thank you, Amanda Bruce, uh, has shared not only beautiful images that I can't wait for all of you to look at, 
Uh Uh, But also, 19 things that we obviously have to have. And can you share with me your favorite out of all these? Oh my god, I can't pick one. I cannot. We are going to have to go back and forth on this one. Okay. (laughs) Because there's so much. All of them are great. They're all amazing. The one that made me say, what, (laughs) the most, is number four. Yes. The I've been imprinted ring. (laughs) It's... A Which mood. It's just like a wedding band that is embossed in like Helvetica. That yep. says, I've been imprinted. It what? means a lot to me. Why? Uh, it very much looks like the equivalent of fucking uh, the Fifty Shades of Grey Yes key ring or something. Whatever it's, that it, was. Is that that same energy, you know? Which is bad. It is. I'll say that. Um, I need the number three, which is the official fragrance. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I need it a lot, especially because there's it's citrus and musk, which is, like, exactly the kind of perfume I wear. Um, yeah. It's just disrespectful. Also, it's been a while since I've looked at this image of fucking Arpats in Twilight during the move, like, the science scene. Yeah. And it definitely looks like he has he has wongs, so. He's, yeah, I was gonna say, I'm like, did I miss, like, <laughs> when Robert becomes an Earth Angel? What's going on? I, there's so many good things on here that I don't have, and I should. Um, one of the, I, I guess it's just, like, a noteworthy one is number five. Uh-huh. Um, just because there's a lot of faces happening with our pets at the moment. Yeah, this mask. Is a lot. Yeah, it's just his face. Also, I hate this specific scene from Breaking Down Part 2 because it's from, like, a mirror. And so his face looks so much not like his face. Right, it's, like, inverted. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it, too. Yeah, that jaw should not be where that is. (laughs) No, the jaw's completely wrong. Yeah, this is all wrong. We both need, listen, patrons, help us get this eco-friendly body glitter number 14. (laughs) Okay, so, listen, uh, I saw that, and I was like, oh, interesting. Do you know what we haven't talked about in a while? What? Is Goop. And that really reminded me of Goop for some reason. And yeah, Goop would so literally now just I'm be here. like, hey, here's um, some fucking battery acid that we put sparkles in that's safe for your body, for sure. Have at yes. it, teens. That's exactly right. That's the Goop I... version of this product. <laughs> I'm looking at their website now, and I, it has been incredibly long since yeah. I've been on here. Um, There's so many things that I forgot existed mm-hmm. on here, and I think, I, if I remember right, the one that we had originally drawn our attention to was the vampire repellent. Yeah. Which they do still have. Thank God. I'm excited to say. Is it still like $400? <laughs> it is. A, it's like one of those little baby spray bottles, and uh, it is $27. That's too much. <laughs> for just water. <laughs> right. Garlicky water. Gross. Yeah, I actually have no idea what's in it, but I can only believe. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things that stand out to me here, if you are curious, so that you don't have to go to Goop, but I will just share with you. Oh, one boy. of my personal favorites is that you can just buy a quarter pound of charcoal on their website for $16. Sick. Yeah, so if you were in the need, it is there for you. Yeah. Could you tell us about the sci-fi article? Boop, 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 boop. Sci-fi. Oh no, they have a quarter now. We're ba- I mean, no, just regular sci-fi. Oh, okay. Someone at sci-fi by the name of Jenny Trout wrote a That's piece. a name. Yeah, hell yeah. Shout out shout out to Jenny Trout, who wrote, the most hated characters in genre are teen girls, but we're sure there's a good reason. And yes. it's basically just saying like, hey, stop shitting on Bella Swan, and also a lot of other women that you shit on in media, but also mostly Bella Swan. Yes. There's so many things that I enjoy about this piece. One, they're considered case studies, which already has my attention. Mm-hmm. And then didn't you also say that cock blocking was on here too? Yeah, so mm, so this uh, writer like kind of talks about uh, her personal experience 
with Twilight. See, when I was a kid who felt like she had to parent her own mother, and then my mother married a baseball player with the full knowledge that she couldn't responsibly abandon her life and go on the road with him, I handled it like any teenager rightly would. I definitely didn't decide to move in with a stable, if distant parent, rather than move around the country chasing my new stepfather's job while feeling a third wheel constantly cock-blocking my mom with my very existence. <laughs> what a, a magnificent sentence. I would love the parallel universe in which we saw her live <laughs> with with her, her mom and just doing some baseball all the time. We see we just see Bella's angsty vlogs right. about yeah. traveling the country. Ugh God. What I would give. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait, hold on. I'm not over this yet. Because now what I'm imagining is that they travel to different cities. And Bella Mm -hmm. still has her blood, so she keeps running into these, like, fucking weird supernatural occurrences everywhere she goes. Yeah. And she, like, is convinced she's cursed, but it's actually just her blood. I, listen, somebody fucking write that. Yeah, come on, y'all. That's more interesting to me. We have a question and an email here that are very important. The first one is by Braver Than the Marines, Taylor Browntown Lautner. Give a salute. I, (laughs) listen, um... And the question is, would we ever consider creating a subreddit for Into the Twilight? Reddit scares me, so... Okay, for real, same. Um, I went on there once to try to learn about tips for curly hair, and I couldn't figure out how it worked, and so I left. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've i tried. It's just not... It's, it's a very hard algorithm, and I don't think there's a lot of people that listen to this show that are particularly, like, Reddit heads, you know what I mean? Right. I don't feel like it'd be super relevant. I feel like our Twitter kind of acts as that. Vehicle. Yeah, I feel like if we ever got to a place where that needed to happen, assuming Discord was still a thing, sure. I feel yeah. like that's probably the place to go. Oh, what if we made it into the Twilight Slack? <laughs> <gasps> oh my god! That'd be I would my love dream. that. would be my dream. I w- yeah, I I would actually love that more. Yeah, and make uh, some cute little emojis for everyone. Stop it. Stop it right gifts. now. Gifts be good. I love that. That, yeah. all right. Well, Taylor, we'll put it on the list. Yeah, it's on the drawing board for sure. Yes, that's for sure. Um, I, okay, so we got an email uh, yeah. a couple days ago. And I wanted to share this from Alexis, and I I didn't even remember that we used to shout out $1 patrons. I think I'm going to go back to doing that, because that was a good idea. Um, Yeah. So, anyways, Alexis heard our, like, a recent episode after stopping listening for a while, because, uh, hashtag depression, which I get. Um, and, and so, uh, they sent this letter. So, I want to share this email with you. Um, so it's a little bit about, like, listening. I get it. Um, okay, here's this part. I don't have a fanfiction for you, but I do have a story. When I was 11, I wrote fanfiction on a website that has since been shut down back when fanfiction was not generally considered as fair use. So I don't have access to my old fanfiction. But to my recollection, I was the very first person to post a, quote, chat fic between Twilight characters on this website. I definitely had seen it on other websites, but I was the first on this particular website, and I never let anyone forget it. Bear in mind, I was literally 11, and my parents never allowed me to have an AIM account, so I never actually participated in a chat room before. But I considered myself a leading expert on Twilight chat fics, and I demanded that every other Twilight chat fic writer credit me and the author's notes as the original creator of the Twilight chat fic. Hell yeah. Fuck yes, Alexis. Yes, Alexis. Um, And some people actually did, which only fed my overinflated Scorpio ego. Hell yeah. Oh my god. Yes. What a fucking power move. Mm. I love it. I love it so much. Alexis, you powerful being. Yes. So powerful. So strong. (laughs) Just fucking get that credit where you can. Yeah. I love get that. your, you know, social capital and your social coin. Not actual coin, because you're not getting right. paid. But, like, you know. Absolutely. Did you ever have an aim? Yeah, of course. Great. Good. <laughs> Just... I'm not seven years old, Allie. <laughs> I, I, listen, <laughs> some people were MSN people. I get it. 
different I think platforms. I had, I had both. Oh my god! Because I had friends and who had different preferences, so I'm like, I'm I want to talk to everyone. So. I remember in like late high school when Skype chat used to be like people were trying to almost like revive instant sure. messenger with Skype chat, and it's like, yeah. ooh, that was so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> Why um, wouldn't you just slide in someone's DMs? Yeah. <sighs> oh, those are good old days. Um, I don't want to talk about this episode. Well. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Looks like we have to. Yeah. So, this week we're talking about season one, episode seven. We're almost which done. We are. We're almost done. This episode is titled Everything Ship. Because, sure. Because we're watching a show about the worst people alive. Yeah. And by writers that obviously, like, hate us personally. Oh my god, millennials? And they're like, hashtag relationships? <laughs> And they're funny words. What's like, up with that? Exactly. Um, as a quick reminder from last week, Peach Dunn died. Yep, rip. There pour was one a, out. Yeah, pour one out for, for Peachums. The only good character on this television show. The only character that just fucking called Joe on his bullshit. Yeah, and Beck. Like it should have. True. When I was, I don't know if you skipped the recap, but I watched the recap, and it gave me that reminder of when Peach is like, it's not all about you, Beck. And I was like, God damn. I love Peach. Yeah. R.I.P. <sighs> R.I.P. Peach, you know what I mean? Um, oh my god. <laughs> so, this episode is awful. It's happening, it's like a, a conversation in a conversation in a memory. Yeah. Is how they kind of structure it, and I... Ugh. Um, usually I like those, but this one just bothered me. One of the things that struck me right away is J.J. Abrams apparently directed this. Cool. Uh, <laughs> just because of the, the absolute lens flares in the montage that's yeah. happening. It was incredibly distracting. Yeah, it was hard to look at, for sure. Yes. So what we get right off the bat is that Joe is talking to someone... Um, but it looks we, like he's looking directly into the camera, so you're kind it of does. like, oh, is he, like, breaking the fourth wall? Are we, like, what's happening? Is the, the like, narration over? What's going on? Yes. Um, one of the things that I noticed during this, like, oh, yeah, we are so happy. These things seem great. And then when he's, like, over the next few weeks, something happens. And it's just that, like... Dun, dun, dun. He wants to touch her thigh while she's reading in bed. And she's like, mm, not tonight. And he's like, something is wrong. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> what is the happening? This woman doesn't want to fuck. I don't understand. I thought we were in love. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't understand. Um, you talking about read? A exactly. book? Fuck I'm reading. right here. My penis is right here. <laughs> Honestly. Um, can we talk really quick about their safe word? I guess we have to. What is it, Cody? What's their safe word? <laughs> their safe word is falafel. <laughs> Arguably one of the least sexy words. I mean, listen, exist. I get it in the context of a safe word. Sure. Sure. I get it. Wasn't Anna's... I mean, I know they did, like, the the red, green, yellow, but they also didn't they also have a word? I think they did. And I thought it was yeah. also a, a hokey, kind of, like, fun word. Which is kind of, you know... It does the, definitely take you shebang. out of the moment. Um, but falafel? <laughs> I was just like, falafel did nothing to you. I don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. I would never associate falafel. Which one of you got food poisoning that you have to dunk on falafel so much? True. We finally get to pan over and see the person that Joe is talking to. Um, and it is a therapist. And... Cody, are you, I would like you to, I challenge you to describe this therapist in as lengthy a way as you can without <laughs> saying who it is first. Is this some kind of game? What is this? I just, I want to know the way that, what descriptions stuck to you the most when you looked at this therapist. Oh, God. Well, um, this kind of throws my whole joke that I was going to say. When okay, fine, go. No, it's fine. No, no, no. I'll, I'll play your fucking bit. 
he has he looks different than how we have been accustomed to seeing him in the past. Welcome I would to say. Into the Riddles. <laughs> You've made me. You told me to make a riddle. <laughs> he has a very gross-looking beard, or it's a very thick beard. Um, but usually, it does look gnarly. No, it's a little gnarly because usually, at least recently, we're used to seeing like more of a close shave. Right. Um, he's got a longer beard. He's got glasses. He's got that very laissez-faire kind of like casual dude vibe. Um, it's John Stamos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, question I wanted to bring one, to the folks. floor. Here's the yes. question I want to bring to the floor today because I don't have the answers, and I thought you might give some insight. Great. Is John Stamos hot? Not in you. He's not. But like, is he hot? Listen. <laughs> I mean, you don't trust my sexual preferences, and that's fine. But Uncle Jesse can definitely get it. Okay. First of all, I don't trust one specific. <laughs> sexual inclination you have which we've discussed at length on this podcast honestly i i i've seen john stamos my whole life like i've seen no (laughs) is he your uncle jesse yes i've seen him in television and media for my whole life yeah and i don't i don't know if he's hotter listen i feel like he's up there with nosferatu no Allie. I, the only thing, when watching him and you, I could only think that he, at least right now, is hot in the same way that, like, Steve Carell is considered hot, you know what I mean? Mm. Where, like, a lot of people think he's super hot. Also, I don't know if I feel that way. I'm, I'm very confused. I don't understand men. But, like, I don't think Steve Carell is hot. I don't get, but, like, a lot of people fu- want to fuck Steve Carell. Especially, That's like, true. gray Steve Carell. And I think he's got a similar vibe with, like, the beard and the glasses and the, you know, just, like, fuck it, whatever. Um, But I also have no idea. (laughs) I, okay, you're bringing up some interesting points here because I feel like John Samos and you gives off a Bill Hader vibe to me, which might be the kind of thing that you're referencing of, like, is Bill Hader hot, though? A lot of so people make some very strong have, arguments. <laughs> Do we have the evidence for any of these people? Can strong. we quantifiably say they're hot? Okay, here's what I'll say. I, on principle, don't find anyone hot who does a yogurt commercial. Yeah, that's a huge red flag for sure. Which is which really goes against my personal values because John Stamos and Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. have been it like our primary right. yogurt people. Yeah, solely yogurt people. <laughs> they are like yeah. they got people both of the probiotics. of the yogurt market. Right, that's true. <laughs> like, Greek yogurt and yogurt that helps your digestive system or whatever. I don't know what her yogurt does. Whatever. It's supposed to make you poo, I think. Okay, then really helps your digestive system. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I I could not divorce Greek yogurt John Stamos yeah. from crunchy, weed-smoking, <laughs> about-to-die therapist John Stamos. Yeah, he's a fucking trip in this character, I'll say that. He's fucking tripping during this episode, is what I mean, I'll say. correct. That's correct. <laughs> like, there's a part where Joe takes a pause from his describing his story, and literally fucking John Stamos, <laughs> it's not even, a, like, a therapist, it's just literally him. He was like, you know, we're just two dudes, you know, shooting the shit. And then he <laughs> fucking lights a doobie. Like, I don't... <laughs> Who gave you your license? <laughs> Sir! And John he's like, Stamos oh yeah, it's a medical. Worst therapist. <laughs> Especially because, uh, this is kind of a spoiler for the end of the episode, but he just, like, fucking draws diagrams for Joe. <laughs> it's like, have you been paying attention at all? No. Oh, my God. Okay, so, um, there, so Joe's still talking about, like, the good things. Yeah. And. Things were going great. It was beautiful. Yes. Um, they, so there's a lot of conversations about, like, them waking up and kissing and being great, um, telling old stories to each other about, like, their first kiss, um, it, Joe, like, remaking her first kiss, like, there's all this stuff that's supposed to be, like, very cute and charming or whatever, um, and then it gets to the Scrabble scene and I wanted to die. Yep. 
because the idea that on that board was doppelbanger and the jazzle. <laughs> and then they were like, oh yeah, everything's ship. It's us. I just like, Beck, you're a writer. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you are trying to be a writer professionally and write for a living. Right. And you have words like, like words that are not words. Like right. everything ship. That would not be classified as Scrabble words in any version of the game thank you no 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 like you're just cheating yeah beck you're a fucking cheater stop being a cheater they should take your master's degree away (laughs) you don't know words yeah Um, read a fucking book or a dictionary maybe yeah read a read a dictionary beck fuck dictionary cover to cover all right (laughs) you don't get to leave this room beck (laughs) until you read this dictionary I'm going to trap you in Joe's murder room of books. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're right. not getting out of there until you read the dictionary. This is skipping ahead a little bit. But yeah. can we talk about the irony of her being in the fucking murder room in the basement? Because it very much was like, one, these writers are not subtle with their irony. Yeah. But they're also incredibly heavy handed with their foreshadowing. Because I was like, um, hi, she's in the box. <laughs> like, right. Hmm. Uh, I also, yikes. like, I can't believe it didn't, it wasn't even, almost, like, wasn't more obvious that, like, she found one of, like, Benji's things or just something murderous yeah. in that room. Like, I feel like that was a total end to be like, hold on, what's this guy doing in this room? It's gotta come up soon, I, I imagine. Yeah. Um, so we find out Beck has been fired from her yoga studio job because she doesn't do anything. Um, apparently she fell asleep during the, like, last five minutes when you're supposed to be, like, just laying flat during yoga, which is Shavasana. Um, and that's a mood, because, like, I've fallen asleep, but she's the fucking instructor. Like, you can't, hey. Um, what I love most is that Joe thinks it's a proper problem-solving idea for her to just work at Mooney's. Right, like, super good for your relationship. Right. Become co-workers. Exactly. Become your partner's boss, <laughs> more more specifically. Nothing says bringing sexy to the workplace like a power dynamic. Am I right, ladies? Am I, hey. <laughs> Am I um, right? Who doesn't love of, getting paid less than your partner? <laughs> okay, but job. for real, though. Um, one of the things I loved about this is that Ethan, our forever voice of reason, is yeah. like, um... Joe, this isn't a good idea. You can't, I think that, I think he says, like, you can't shit where you live or something. Like, you can't shit where you work or something. Um, Because I just remember him talking about fucking, like, E. coli. (laughs) I was like, what? Um, (sighs) Before he does that, though, they, Beck and Joe take a picture at Mooney's that, again, is all lens flares. And Ethan, bless his heart, is, quote, test driving veganism. At that time. And what I loved is he takes the picture. He's like, great, great, great. Um, I'm just on a lonely vegan island. <laughs> uh, which I, I loved a lot. Um, Beck also found it appropriate that with taking that picture and posting on Instagram to give them a hashtag. Um, that's a lot. That's all I'm going to say. I do think it's worth mentioning how much Joe freaks out about Beck going to therapy with Dr. Nikki. It's gross. It's, I hated it. It made me feel very uncomfortable. It's, it's just so disgusting because at at some point in this monologue or whatever, he's like, listen, therapy's not all bad. And you know, you should figure out yourself or whatever. But also, my partner isn't telling me something. She's hiding stuff from me. Yep. What's going on in there? I can't trust her because she's confiding in another human being, a professional a professional, yes. About her stuff and not me. Excuse and, me? Excuse, excuse um, me? Beckalicious. That's completely unacceptable. Right, sorry. That wasn't in our relationship contract. <laughs> I What I hated most about it, too, is he was just like, you know, I didn't really know how you were going to act during you, like, quote, getting over this trauma. <sighs> and, and then... So he's still unsure, but then he's like, oh, 
you're going to go to therapy and, like, try to work through what's going on? Fuck mm. that. It's just, like, can't really. You should just talk to me. Then we'll be fine. And I definitely won't manipulate you into getting what I want. Right. Duh. What? God. Come on. Now, we do see some some shots of Beck at Mooney's. And to be fair, she's an awful employee. Yeah. She's supposed to be a writer who knows about literature, <laughs> and yet and she, she doesn't know where to put books. And she keeps, like, clowning on uh, customers who are reading books that she doesn't respect. <laughs> Which is a mood. It's but... really funny. But also, Ethan's like, we're trying to sell books. Nobody likes whatever author they were clowning on. I forgot who it was. I think it was Dreiser. Oh, yeah, Dreiser. Um, yeah, he's like, nobody likes Dreiser, but we're trying to sell books. <laughs> yeah. It's, God, that Try to keep the fucking me. lights on, Beck. <laughs> what I loved most about that is just trying to imagine, because it wasn't on screen when it happened, but yeah. I just love the idea that of Beck roasting someone for being like, Dreiser, are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on. And the kid's just like, ma'am, I just need this for high school. I just need yeah. to write a paper. <laughs> like, I don't understand. And just cry full tears. Yeah. Oh, God. One thing worth noting is the sheriff call that happens. Cool. Um, Joe, really good at crime, folks. Really extremely, good at impersonating Moonies. Extremely good at crime? Yes. And covering his ass. And, yes, agreed. One of the other things that really hit me is, like, the juxtaposition between when... Joe calls Beck on her shit for, like, showing up late and doing a shitty job and not writing. Um, mm. And then the introduction of Karen as a character. It was just like, okay, well, we'll see how this is this is going on here. Yeah. Um, mm. I love her introduction, too, because she's like, do I know you? And he's like, no, I don't I don't know who you are. And she's like, hey, get the fuck out of my face. It's <laughs> like, get out hell of yeah, here. Karen. Um, oh, Karen. Also, I do think it is worth noting when um, Beck leads Joe down to the basement and she gets what I would argue is the most romantic dinner of mm. a bottle of red wine and one singular meatball sup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got something special for us. Um, I put it under those fancy, like, dinner waiter places with, like, the, the lid on top. I don't yep. know where she got one of those. Me either. And underneath was a, a, a half of a meatball sub, I think. Yep. <laughs> like, and she didn't go. even use a knife. She just, like, bent it over her it knee. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking karate chopped it. <laughs> And now there's legitimately marinara sauce on these classic books. I don't understand. <laughs> there, you'll never be able to get these crumbs out of here. I'll fucking say. That's <laughs> they're true. there forever. They're there for life. It's important for us to address that Beck is a Sagittarius. Okay. Yes, we need to talk about this whole conversation. Uh, it's a lot with the moldy uh, blanket with the. <laughs> Um, so, Joe is trying to, like, plan something for Beck's birthday, even though Beck is like, I don't want to plan anything. <laughs> She's, like, looking him directly in the eyes while also fluttering her eyelashes. It's like, I want something simple. Right. It's like, I don't know how it could be more clear. <laughs> like, I don't want to yep. party. I want to just hang out with you, and it'll be fine. And he's like, all right, noted. Karen, do you want to, like, plan a fucking rager in the bookstore? <laughs> And she's like, hell yeah, let's go, let's do it. And then she, it's great. Um, and she's, she just says like, yeah, well, I mean, Beck's gonna tell you she doesn't want to party, but she's a ta- Sagittarius who craves attention. So like, obviously she really wants yeah. a party. <laughs> and yeah, he's like, Lynn you know what? It. Right, Lynn gets it. She's like, you know what? Now that you put it that way, I get it. I get it. She's it's, great. It Underrated. makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lynn in this episode is very good. We don't get Annika. She's, this is the most she's, in she's like a, spoken all season. True. <laughs> Annika's on some, like, grief retreat, which is a mood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so Lynn is just like, I'm going to take over shit. Right. We need to make sure that this works out. 
Because really, Lynn is like, I want a party. Yeah. Because she's inviting all of her friends. And then she's like, oh, it'll be great. Because back, it'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be great. Uh, but she's like, <laughs> what if we make it literary themed? And it'd be cute. And it'd be in the bookstore. And it'd be for me and my friends. And also Beck, because it's her birthday. And right. Joe's like, I like the sound of that. That seems like a totally, yep, mm-hmm. I know Beck did tell me the complete opposite of this. But you did change my mind. <laughs> but Lynn, you were incredibly convincing with your two sentences. Right. So yeah, we'll stick there. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about Joe dressing up as Hemingway? I. <sighs> huh? so I'm listen. I'm not as <laughs> upset with Joe dressing up as Hemingway than as to him mansplaining who Ernest Hemingway is. Oh my god. <laughs> that was the worst thing I've ever seen. It was the fact awful. That, the fact that he lives in a universe where there's a descendant of J.D. Salinger. Right. Like, in his semi-close circle. And he has to mansplain who Hemingway is. Right. Get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, I just... It's awful. But whoever had that fucking Shakespeare costume, that shit ruled. That was good. That was so good. It was the really little good. bald head. Yeah, he had a oh bald head God. and he had a nice little, like, paper collar around his neck. It was fucking great. I do need to know your thoughts immediately on Blythe and Ethan. Um, National Treasures, both of them. <laughs> That's the only thing I care about now in this whole I did goddamn not... thing. I did not realize I would ship them as hard as it's I do. It's been a while since we've seen Blythe, and I'm like, when's, when's my girl coming back? But she's here, and Ethan? I think they might get it, because they were talking about, like, Middlemarch. Yeah. And I think love is here. I think yeah, love's I mean, in the air. Blythe, like, literally meowed, so. Yeah, that's it. Also, I love, <laughs> I love that these semi-tipsy people thought that this other blonde walking towards the door was fucking Beck and not Blythe. <laughs> she was just like, oh, how American. <laughs> right, because they all do, like, the surprise thing. So everyone hides behind the bookshelves and stuff. They're like, surprise! And she's like, I'm just blonde. I'm <laughs> done. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is so boring. <laughs> this this episode is so boring. Um, so much drama. That's I know nobody cares about. Apparently, Joe made the cake for the evening. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine, or he bought it with the baking pan still in it. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, either way, it's I just got a Carvel cake, and it came with a pan. <laughs> A free pan. You <laughs> um, just take it right off the oven. He made this, like, Scrabble board that has everything chip on it. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. But no, it doesn't even work out because fucking Beck shows up an hour late to her surprise birthday party. <laughs> after what he thinks is, like, fucking the therapist. Yeah. Because she smells like rosé. Yeah. And meanwhile, he's, like, bitching to to everyone around him about how Beck hasn't showed up yet. Meanwhile, Beck Loudly. Is so loudly. Meanwhile, Beck is right behind him. <laughs> Quite literally right behind him. And she's and like, hey, Joe? Hey, Joe? Hey! <laughs> I love Can we that talk that for a minute? <laughs> I wish that would have been her first entrance line. It's like, as soon as she opened the door, she's like, um, hey, Joe? Hey, Joe? <laughs> I heard you talking shit about me two blocks away. Shut your gob. Fucking boxing gloves on. She's ready to fight. That's her literary character. Yes. (laughs) Um, He doesn't understand uh, anything about grieving, apparently. Um, And Because she mentioned Peach once over that dinner, and he was like, oh, I thought you were over Peach. I thought you were good now. You don't want to party? And she's like, I'm still, my friend just died. <laughs> like, what can, I can only imagine it's like a week and a half ago. Right, like two or weeks whatever. max, a few weeks. And she's just, yeah. and he's like, but you said her name that one time and you had a smile, so I thought you were cool. Yep. Joe, you're, no. I'm an expert at reading emotions. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Um, They kind of fix things because Beck brings over a glazed donut which sure <laughs> um, <laughs> the bandaid to heal all wounds 
Yes. Um, and it goes back on this montage of them, like, being fine, but she's, something is, like, still off because he wants to have Ty for lunch and dinner, and <laughs> she's not, <laughs> she wants to cook something for once. <laughs> they really go through all the options of takeout they could do. <laughs> not once are they like, we can just make, we can just make something at home. Just make something at home. Apparently that's so not. I was an like, option. no, I want Ty every meal. <laughs> it's good. It was a lot. Yeah. Um the So he follows Beck at some point. Because um, he still thinks that she's fucking the therapist. Which or she's honestly, hiding something. I I wouldn't be surprised if she was fucking Dr. Nikki. I'll be honest. Listen. She has daddy issues, you know what I mean? Listen, and he, like... He checks all the boxes, you know? He's, like, a right. very... He has... He's a therapist with no boundaries, and he talks exclusively about intimate issues, and he's got that fucking beard. So, like, I get it. You know? <clears throat> that's yeah. Beck's type. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. He... Joe ends up following her into the park because he cannot let himself go without looking at her phone that he has in the ceiling yeah. for like one day and finally beck is like i told you if we didn't have trust we didn't have anything we're done joe <laughs> we're over uh, yes um and there so the episode like wraps up with um joe like uses a mallet to break the extra phone that he had and ends up going back to Dr. Nikki's again. Oh, because he's listening to those tapes of Beck. That's right. Well, so and yeah, just... so he does another session with him, and he leaves, and it looks like Joe is going to kill the therapist. Oh yeah, he has like a letter opener in his Yeah, so he has like the most, the least intimidating looking letter opener <laughs> I've ever seen. True. A very like, dull. A very one. dull blade. And he like falls into the elevator and then they're like, oh my god, is he going to kill him? And then he doesn't, because he goes to the elevator, and then Joe's like, nice, got him all by myself. And he goes back to the office, and he naps his fucking computer, and looks through Beck's personal therapy recordings. Yep. <sighs> if we ain't got trust, didn't you hear? What the, did that all just go over your head? It certainly did. Clearly. What the fuck? I... I just don't understand. Like, I, I'm not surprised by it right. at all. No, of course not. But it's disgusting to me that he can't just let her have one thing to herself right. without listening in on it. Ugh. And by the end of the episode, there he, like, gives her back the Scrabble board and is like, I don't understand this, but I'm going to let you, like, ha let us have a break or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then he goes and fucks Karen. Um, you know, who does what I consider to be a hilarious thing, which is right after their sex, she like looks at him and she's like, I love you, Joe. <laughs> um, and he's like, sorry, what? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what? Oh, 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 oh. And then I'm pretty sure the episode ends with him like checking Karen's phone about Beck. Yeah. He like looks through her Instagram and stuff or yeah. social media stuff. So he's doing really right, good. Right, immediately the, like, post, -co post coitus. Just like, hey, what's my girl up to? Right. Um, so that Oof. is episode seven. There was what so much. Yeah. Um, and we're so close. So next week is episode eight. Ugh. And yeah, we're incredibly close at this point. Wow. What do we want to do to celebrate our patrons this week? Oh, God. Great question. Um, I think we yes. look at the best vampire movies list. Ooh, yes. Let me pull up that link. All right. Gee, why don't you go first this week? Oh, mixing it up. All right. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I've totally lost my place in the document. There we are. Shout out to Aaron Salinger. R.I.P. to your namesake. I'm so sorry. It had to end like this. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. You are going to be... You're going to be... Number six, What We Do in the Shadows. Hell yeah. Because that movie fucking that. rules. 
All right, shout out to Alex Blythe. Um, who is obviously the 1931 classic of Dracula. <laughs> nice, nice. Shout out to Marie Mooney. Who's gonna be interview with a vampire. Oh. 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 Um <laughs> Shout out to our Braver Than the Marines, our unofficial intern, Taylor Salute. Brown Tom Lautner. <laughs> Who obviously, listen, obviously, <laughs> it, it, there's only one. It has to be Nosferatu. I'm sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. All right. Shout out to Katie Weber. <laughs> who's gonna be... Fuck it, I'll say it. Twilight. <gasps> Whoa. Katie. Damn. You're fucking uh, Twilight. Baby. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to space. space. Uh, and I would love to take this time and shout out Simon Steele. Ow! Who has to be number two, the Lost Boys. Nice. Simon Steele is a little Lost Boy. Oh my god. But like he found his home. <laughs> he found his home right here. We're just giving yeah. us money. Yeah. Um, I have a fan fiction this week that was sent to us by Taylor Browntown Lautner. Where the Marines? Braver than the Marines, doing the Lord's work. Um, (laughs) And this was published in the year of our Lord, (laughs) 2019. No, no. (laughs) um, Exactly a month ago. Oh, boy. And it is from the user Sunflowers and Honey. The fanfiction is titled Safe from Your Demons. And here is the summary. I knew I was going back in the cage. I've been in trouble with Mr. Mooney enough times to know what would get me in there. But honestly, it doesn't matter. Not when my mind is elsewhere. Searching my mind for the sweet moments with her. With Rose. Bookstores were her safe haven. An escape from reality. A million portals into new worlds. And when Rose meets a certain bookworm, well, she has to just keep coming back to see him. Little does she know that Mooney's bookstore was a spider's web. A trap into Joe's cold clutches. So this is from chapter one. It's Joe's perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, It didn't take me long at all to find out her name. For Christ's sake, it was embroidered onto her handbag. How could I not find out? But what a perfect name it is for her. Everything about her is intoxicating, beautiful, just like a rose. The way she looked at me, emerald eyes searching my own, it was exciting. And I can't forget her eagerness to defend me against Mr. Mooney's false claims. She seemed to care about me. Did she care? Something about her, I don't know what it is, but it makes me want to be around her. I want to know her. I want to be close to her. The distant calls of Mr. Mooney demanding me to get into my glass prison penetrate my thoughts of her, and I realized that if I was going to stay sane here, I needed something. Someone to give me purpose. She was the key. And scene. Oh boy. Sounds like Joe. Yep. Uh, well, yikes, first of all. But thank you for sharing that gift. Um, and as we say here in Seattle, get bit and get whipped. Oh. This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as Into the Twilight Show. You can send us an email at Into the Twilight Show at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at Into the Twilight.bigcartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at Your Ghost Host 44 on Instagram, and our music is done by Eli Krauss. You can find at Eli Sauerkraus and Krausfilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith. You can find it kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ally on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone